0: episode 34 of the horror dad's podcast. You're joined by your horror dad's John and Jamie. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? How's it going?
1: Oh, just fine and dandy. We uh both recovering from the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah, we got a little beat up from it. My my wife got really beat up from it. Um Jamie as well. I I think I got the least of it, but yeah, we're we're back on the horse.
1: We got it flowing through our veins. We're good to go. So
0: um, so hopefully convention life can resume, but listen, we've got an episode today, don't we buddy?
1: Man. Uh, we have a interview with the amazing Ryan Krueger, with an amazing last name. Uh, you guys are going to love the conversation with him. Super honest. Talk about yeah. his movie fried berry that's coming out on Shutter in two months, maybe One a month. month and a half. One month. One yeah. month. Yeah. Yeah. May 7th. Can't wait for that. So, yeah, the conversation was amazing. He's uh, He picked three great 80s horror movies that we're going to discuss. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, so we just do an interview with Ryan. We talk about him. We talk about Fryberry. Uh, he wanted to focus the episode on 80s horror, uh, as that's the major inspiration for him in his career. Twist
1: my arm, Ryan.
0: Yeah, I know. And he's just a super great dude, so we had a lot of fun talking with him. So we know you guys will enjoy that for sure. But before we get into our interview with ryan we just want to do a couple quick introductory things as we typically do um and talk about what we've been watching and and whatnot so Jamie, what have you been watching
1: uh so the only thing i think new that i watched that wasn't for this episode was uh the ruins and i had never seen that oh really from like 2008 something like that yeah yeah uh have you seen that before i have so i actually i kind of dug it i dug the um that's the one out in the forest, right? It looked jungle. Yeah. yeah I read the uh, book. The ruins. Uh, they, they go and they find those ruins that aren't on any map mm-hmm. for good fucking reason. <laughs> uh, it was fine. I, I had always. You know what happened is I was listening to the radio once. I was at work when it came out, and the radio DJs were bitching about the movie and how they had gone to the theater, and then it was just, you know, plants, and they were like bitching about it. And I was like, oh, they ruined it. I, I'm just like, I don't need to see this now.
0: And then you went back to it and.
1: Yeah, but it, the thing is, is like it didn't ruin it because it's not like a whodunit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So you kind
0: of know the premise of the movie, hadn't yeah,
1: it? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's just kind of watching it unfold. Um. So it was fine. It's like a survival. You know, it yeah. is what it is. It's a beautiful. I love fucking beautiful jungle movies like that. Yep. Um. And then you got me on. I'll let you talk about it, but a movie that you're gonna mention. I yeah. watched. Oh, I would. I'll save this. Um. But you bought me. Someone's watching me. Yep, and I watched that. I finished it up. I I finished it up last night. I had to watch it in two parts because I fell asleep the first time, not because it was bad, but because I put it on too late. Uh, but dude, John it's Carpenter, so... Lauren yeah. Hutton, yep.
0: yeah, it's got a rear window sort of vibe to it. Yeah, certainly. Um, Adrian Barbeau too, right?
1: And that is a who hudun- Yeah, and Adrian Barbeau is great in it. Yeah, uh, it's so um, watching it unravel and unfold is you know in the the terror that kind of she goes through that. I mm-hmm. guess any woman would go through when they're being stalked. Yeah, it's um, very it was, linked to voyeurism yeah. and
0: predatory, yeah.
1: Yeah, the sense of dread that you have constantly, you know, uh, any knock at the door, any ring of the phone is mm-hmm. brings terror to you. So, I thought that was a, a really great movie. It was, what, 78, 79? Was it that early? 70s, for oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: I, I think it was made for TV as well. Yeah, it was like a made for TV, yeah.
1: which is weird to me. Yeah.
0: I, I really, really enjoy that movie, though, so I'm glad that you now have it. And yeah, I, man, thanks I for buying that for it. me. I Can love it.
1: it? Yeah.
0: Well, you watched one other thing with me that I was going to mention. Uh, yeah, go ahead, yeah. Which is uh, Shook we checked out. Um, we were finalizing our, our pre-sale launch um, on our website and whatnot, and Jamie and I had a night where we hung out and, and did our fantasy baseball draft, uh, wrapped up our website launch, and then we... <laughs> We uh we watched Shook. On yeah, we Shutter.
1: were we were trying to decide to watch something that we had never seen. We settled on this one. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean it wasn't great. Um, it it plays on the social media element of life for sure. So it it technology was a huge part of the uh, storytelling. So it wasn't amazing, but it was uh it was good enough.
1: It was fine. It was a yeah. little bit predictable for our taste, but. Yeah, it's worth a watch. Yeah, if you're looking for something uh, new. Yeah, yep. You know, just don't go into it with the highest of expectations.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, what do you, have you been buying anything lately?
1: Yeah, so I'm actually excited to talk about this company. It's called uh, The Smell of Fear. I discovered them totally randomly on uh, Instagram, and I love candles. Who doesn't? So, um, but the premise of like their idea is fucking genius to me. Um, so they. Have different scents based on horror movies and horror shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like the one I bought two candles. I could have bought easily like ten. Uh, it, like I was scrolling through, like fuck, I want this one. I want that one. Um, but the ones I bought, I bought the Camp Crystal Lake candle because how can you not? But the scents are amazing. Like it's so the Camp Crystal Lake is rustic wood in lake water. So we'll see how that smells. I mean, I could mean. be good, could be weird. Um, and then the other one I bought was. The name of the candle is sometimes dead is better, so it's the Pet Cemetery candle, uh, and it smells like pine needles and earth. And I'm gonna just read my so I'm on like page one ten of uh, Pet Cemetery right now. I just got to where like church just died. Oh, you're Did I give it to you
0: or Kate no, on it for you? Yeah,
1: so. yeah. Um, so I'm gonna just burn that candle and read, and I can't wait to do it. Uh, but another candle that really stuck out to me is they have like stranger things, candles and just yeah. everything. But, uh, another one that stuck out to me was it was the boogeyman. I think we all know what that's about. And the scent is sheets on the line and fall leaves. Sheet so on. in like September, Dude. I'm going to have like stock in this company, I'm gonna use <laughs> 20 of those candles. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. Um, yeah. And just supporting local indie artists, you know, it's a huge love it thing that we're, we're all about. Um, that was guess, the
1: the smell of fear. You can find them on Instagram, and then uh, they have a link in their profile to you know their shop.
0: Yeah, very cool. I just I snagged a Blu Ray. I picked up uh, Lake Placid. Um, oh, well, you did? Yeah, I ended up going with it. Just kind of had to. <laughs> you
1: told me you did that thing where you were like, well, if it's nine ninety nine or less, I'll buy it."
0: Yeah, it was like fourteen bucks or something. But you know, I I forgot about that movie. My wife and I. I uh, went to dinner for the first time in a long time um, a couple weeks ago, and my, my parents, who have been vaccinated, they took the girls for the night. And uh, we came home, and we were I was like, oh, we should watch Lake Placid. <laughs>
1: Lake Placid. Let's get freaky and watch Lake Placid.
0: <laughs> so that's what we did, and I just I enjoyed it way more. I It's been years since I've seen it. Um, I forgot Steve Miner directed it, uh, and we were actually talking about this last night on the call we had with the guys at, from Alone in the Dark on their uh, Patreon Zoom call and Steve Miner's a great director. And I just enjoyed that film way more than I remember I remembered I did. So
1: so I had a I've never seen that movie. Oh. I, I'm embarrassed to say, but you, do you know why it came out around uh, Anaconda time, I think? Dude. Right?
0: You know what's funny that you're saying this sentence right now is I looked and I was like in my mind I said this movie should cost as much as Anaconda does. And Anaconda was like 8 bucks and this was like 15. And then in right in that case in point, I was like, that's why this movie's fucking better. Like it's more, it's more niche. It's more, um, less mainstream. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, dude, this, I've watched it three times since cause I just put it on for like work and stuff. Cause I love the fucking vibe. Yeah. I love the scenery. I look, you, you know, us yeah. with like lakes and shit, yep. you, like that opening scene, the opening shot with the lake, like fuck. Um, oh. I'll just watch that on loop. I fucking love it. Uh, so and, and also, I'm I'm sure you get the vibes as well. But the um, uh, X Files episode, I can't remember the name of the episode when they go to the lake and there's like that mysterious creature in the lake, and they're not sure. You know, I'll I, get, you right now. I get I get I get total vibes from that episode, um, <laughs> and I love that episode. I can, I wish I could remember the name of it, but um, so dude, that movie. I'm really glad that you brought it up to me because. Mm, good, good, mm, deep mm, reference mm, there.
0: Yep. Um, so, yeah, and given that we did an, another interview with a uh, someone from South Africa, uh, we appreciate everyone's patience on this episode. We had to record during daylight hours, so my family does make an appearance in uh, background noise, both the dog and the kids. Yeah, that's uh, fine, so man. Everyone enjoy that. Horror uh, dads. But speaking of family, family antic, I've got a funny one. Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> so I'm gonna play a clip here. And everyone knows the sound of the the sound that like sound from a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it happens like throughout the film. Like the camera, almost like the camera shuttering thing.
0: Dude, the dog, every time he yawns, it sounds exactly like that. Like Mm. he yawns so hard that he squeaks and it sounds identical to this sound right here. And uh, when we- when Finley and I were waiting for uh, takeout one night, they kept opening the door to the restaurant. They were bringing the food out to the car, and the, the door hinge was squeaking, and she was like, that sounds just like Bo when he when he yawns. <laughs> so uh, that's a good horror reference there for uh, family intake. That's
1: funny, man. In the middle of the night, your dog starts yawning, and you're like, ah, oh, oh, Uh What
0: are you, anything family-oriented?
1: Yeah, so um, I i don't know if i my my wife was like you shouldn't have done this but i told my kids that uh, pennywise lives in the sewers so i live in like i I live in like a cul-de-sac it's like a loop so i'm always walking the kids around this loop just seems like constantly like i have footprints in the cement because i'm walking it so goddamn much but uh every time we go by the sewer i tell my youngest who's three like "Ah, back up a little bit that's where pennywise lives so now every time he sees a sewer, he's like, is Pennywise down there? Oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, Jimmy, what the fuck? oh God. And my wife was like, I've noticed you never talked about this because uh, you're shitty dad. I'm like, well, he does live down there. So yeah. I've been trying to switch to the Ninja Turtles, but they're like, no, you mean no, Pennywise? You mean and I'm like, "Ah, oh, fuck. The
0: Ninja Turtle clowns. Yeah. Um, the... Area you live to is by this really really pretty metro park, and so many areas of the metro park look like Dairy Main and like the scenery where it was filmed as well. Yeah. So yeah.
1: And my uh, little Funko Pop figure of Pennywise. Now he he's obsessed with. He can name all of the Funkos that I have. He knows their names. Jason, Freddy. I even have a little Gauge in Church. He knows Church and, <laughs> uh, but the Pennywise one. He's always. Uh, did you lose in the sewer poor guy yeah so he's gonna be scarred for life what are you uh what are you wearing man oh so i actually have a terror threads uh raglan on today uh, it's a little bit cold so let's see um, that thing yeah it's the uh, here comes a zip
0: yeah dude this one's great it's this ghost um holding a pumpkin head and there's this steam coming off of it and these bats all around so it's like literally the perfect fall scene
1: fall leaves and yeah
0: and that's a uh, terror threads you said Yep, love Terror Threads. Their stuff is so great. If you've not checked them out, uh, check out Terror Threads. I've also got a fall classic on. Um, It's the Cavity Colors Live for this uh, t-shirt. Kids were asking a ton of questions about it this morning.
1: Daddy, why are those uh, gross eyes popping out of the pumpkin? Yeah,
0: so it's very vibrant. You know, yellows and oranges and greens. uh, Dude, I love it
1: with the cobwebs in the back. I have that shirt as well. Yeah, this is a good
0: one. Um,
1: I'll put it on. Let's hug. Well,
0: let's do that. So we're going to get into the interview here in a moment before we do that. Um, If this is your first episode joining us, thank you so much. Uh, We hope you enjoy. We've got a great interview coming up. Um, If you're back for more from from past listenership, thank you for returning. Yeah. Uh, But do just want to quickly note, we do have a Patreon if you're interested um, in some bonus content. We do watch through episodes on there. Uh, We do episodes with our wives, so feel free to please check that out. Uh, We've got a $5 tier and a $10 tier, Um, so head over to patreon.com slash dads if you're interested, and we've got a a really great upcoming episode. Um, We're going to do a watch-through of the film Killer Piñata. We had the director on, and we're actually going to do that watch-through with um, the final girl from the movie. This is a very dear friend of ours, Eliza Morris, so very much looking forward to that. And... If you are interested in some Horror Dads merch, you can jump on to HorrorDads.com. We recently launched some merch, so please check that out. And finally, uh, if you like the show, jump on to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. We'd greatly appreciate that. Um, But without further ado, you want to get into it, man? Let's do it. Let's get into it. Okay, welcome to episode 34 of the Horror Dads podcast. Uh, You're joined by your host, John and Jamie, and we're thrilled today to be joined by our guest, Ryan Kruger from South Africa. Ryan is a director, actor, and a writer. Ryan, welcome to the show, man.
2: Cool, man. Thanks for for having me.
0: Episode format-wise, we've got a ton of questions for Ryan. Um, We actually connected a little over a year ago, uh, which is pretty cool um and uh kind of over the course of the year we connected with some other folks from South Africa and um finally carved out some time to connect with Ryan so we're going to talk about his upcoming film uh as well as some uh 1980s horror films which seems to be a big inspiration for you
2: yeah big time i love i'm a yeah big fan of the 80s movies
0: yeah amazing so, Jamie, should we change the name of the show to the uh, South African Horror Dads? Because is our third yeah, we guest. May,
1: we may have to. Yeah, um, The horror community
0: down there is popping. You guys are all so kind and gracious and uh, supportive of each other's work and eager to be on the show. So it's, it's just it's awesome. So thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, Ryan, so much for doing this with us, man.
2: Uh, it's a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure.
1: Yeah, every time we talk to uh, just another awesome person from South Africa, we're like, okay, well, when do we move? Get that down payment on that <laughs> condo. Yeah.
2: So where are you're in Cape Town? Well, you said? I, I, I think that's the, that's the funny thing with uh, um, so the, you know, there's a lot of people that come here and shoot movies. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of overseas people coming to shoot movies because we have so many like amazing locations here and it's known for it's, you know, how beautiful Cape Town is and stuff like that. Uh, but the funny thing is with Fry Barry, I, I've shown Cape Town and a completely different way so it's like dark and dingy and and horrible and and uh yeah I might, I might have ruined it for uh tourists that want to come to cape town i think i think they might watch the film and go oh my god where was that shot we, okay just remember not to go there because it looks so bad but it's uh, it's not that bad I, I think every city in the world has uh you know has its bad areas and places uh, i just picked all the all the bad ones up so so you mentioned Friedberry. So Ryan has directed a film
0: um, and written a film called Friedberry which is uh, scheduled to release on May 7th on Shutter actually. So we we we've got a million questions for you about that but uh, before we jump into that I, so I was looking at you're you're in Cape Town, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um so I was looking at it on a map and it looks like it's uh, very well, as soon as I saw it on the map, I was like, oh, that's that's I know what you did last summer's town. Like, that's it, what I had in my head. Uh, so <laughs> is it like a fi- a fishing town? Is that sort of the the vibe? Uh,
2: no, not really. No, it's uh, I mean, a lot of people say it's 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 like. Uh, I mean, you know, we're, we're right here on the shore and stuff. So, I mean, obviously, there's a, uh, you know, the, the big on seafood and stuff here. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people. Like I went to San Francisco. There's elements of like San Francisco there or like uh or like uh, Canada and stuff like that. So it's a it's a yeah, it's a mixture of of uh places. But yeah, I, I wouldn't look at it as a as like a fishing town or something like that. All right. I had in my head there was a guy running around a slicker. I was like, I'm gonna
0: buy my condo in Cape Town, it's gonna be yeah. just like a new- there. there probably is
2: the. There probably is though.
0: Awesome. Um so like, we can just get you know right into it man what so what uh you know what got you into directing and film production uh so it seems like this is your first feature right so um you want to talk a little bit about your your career up to date
2: yeah so yeah i think it's yeah it's just been one of those things where i'm, I'm one of those people that always known you know what i wanted to do at, at such a at such a young age i mean you know i've always been a fan of movies since i was a kid and my my dad probably got me into that because you know we always you know we'd go to the video shop and you know rent all these movies and it was uh yeah it's a it's a thing that's always been a passion that i always wanted to do you know i've always wanted to do acting and then you know i got into acting first and then slowly went into directing but it's yeah it's one of those things where I mean, the kids don't get it these days to, to, you know, everybody's brought up on like Netflix and shit like that. But, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, like when we were younger, you know, you go to that video shop, you know, and you'd spend like two hours in there or more with with your dad. Your mom would be at home because she wouldn't, she wouldn't come because <laughs> she would know that we we're going to be there for like a long time. So it would always be that thing where, you know, it would be a Friday or a Saturday. And my dad's like, right, cool, we're going to go to a video shop. I'm going to get a movie. And you'd spend like two, three hours in there and you would, you know, look around the whole shop and then you'd pick like about 10 and then you start narrowing it down to which one you want to, you know, you want to rent out. And then if your dad was feeling really nice, it'd be like, all right, you can have two. And then that was like a major (laughs) deal. And then, uh, yeah, and and that was the thing. It's, It's, you know, it's not the same when you, I think there's, with the generation of people now, you know, it's one of those things where you, I think... You know, if you look at Netflix and different platforms, you know they've got what they've got on there, but there's a hell of a lot of films, obviously, that they don't have on there. You know, yeah. so it's like quite a lot of films might get, you know, lost over the years. You know that we that we know really well, but it's not on all these platforms. So, and that's why I'm saying, like, when you used to go to video shop and you would have all these you know front covers to all these like horror movies and you'd look at the front cover and you're like yeah that looks cool i, I want to get that so i think from from you know watching all these movies with my my dad and stuff and by the time i got to like 16 i probably saw like most like uh you know uh, 50s 60s 70s and 80s and early 90s films but i mean with these days now there's that much content coming out it's impossible to it's overwhelming you know, to know all the films like like it was. So yeah, so it's always been a big, big thing. Got into got into acting, started making films. Very much like the like that movie Super 8 with like all my friends on, on in the summer holidays or the weekends and you know, go make movies and yeah, and then I basically kind of started directing without too much realizing because I was more concentrating on my acting, but directing as well. And I must have made about like fucking 100 movies do, doing that which obviously the world shit and we all for some reason we all had like american accents and shit like that but it was uh yeah it was just a big big uh, you know big part of my childhood and then when you start when i started uh doing acting work for like tv and film just doing like small pieces and then uh, and this is growing up in england and and then i moved to south africa in 2008 but my father's south african my mum's english so I've always been back and forth, but I've lived here now for like thirteen years. And um yeah, and then I think from from when I moved moved here, you know I got the right crew together and the right people together to start making music videos where I've probably shot about one hundred music videos in uh, in South Africa and started doing commercials and you know, on the flip side doing doing my acting for like TV and film as well. And then, yeah, it just came to a point where I have to move from from that to always wanting to do the bigger picture to do, you know, to do feature films.
1: Is uh, Was horror something that you always gravitated towards or is that something that you just kind of fell into? Like was horror a big part of your life as a young kid in the video store?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I do love like all genres of uh, movies and, you know, there's always a time and place you know, for watching certain films when you're in a movie, you know, like on a Sunday, you just like, I want to watch a fucking easy movie, and then that's yeah. it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And um, so, yeah, but I've always been a fan of the, you know, the darker side of uh, cinema, you know, w- when you look at, you know, certain movies, you know, it's just a, like, uh, yes, I love horror, and, and you know, it's just like things that interest me more is just that darker side of, of stuff, And you know, and that's why, you know, when you look at some of uh, you know, like David Cronenberg or David Lynch or, or stuff like that. You know, it's just the darker side, uh, you know, to you know, to cinema. But yeah, I, I I literally love all all genres. But at the same time, like you know, when you're a kid, uh, I don't know how, how how old are you guys? Uh, so I'm
1: thirty nine. John, you're thirty five.
0: I'm thirty three. I'll be thirty four.
2: Yeah. A couple yeah. Weeks. So uh, yep. so like so when I was a kid, it was it was such a big thing. You know, watching uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, watching all those, Yeah. you know, and Friday the 13th and watching all those movies. It was like such a big thing where, you know, all your friends would sit there and you'd watch all these movies or Evil Dead and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was always a big, you know, it was always a big thing where it was just like, you know, you just was just drawn drawn to it, you know.
0: And it was almost like a black market thing with your friends, too. It's like, hey, are we going to get together tonight, tonight and watch uh, Evil Dead 2? yeah um, yeah not, totally and it and it even evolved into like even when your parents start to get to get cool with it or understand that like okay you're just a weirdo and you're obsessed with horror and you're yeah. you know you're about to be 34 and have two kids and still are um like uh, it's still i th- I feel like the nostalgia of that experience and that fact of like okay this is our thing like this is our you know our communal you know and, and jamie yeah. I, and i have always shared that uh, together which has been cool so Yeah, that's, that's really neat perspective. Um,
2: Yeah, I I think uh, like, like my dad let me watch anything. Uh, My mom was a bit stricter, but my mom just were like, okay, if my dad says it's okay, then it's, then it's okay. And then my my dad's like, yeah, they know what's right. And they know what's wrong. They know what's real or what's not. So It was always like, like, you know, like whatever they can, they can watch things. They're not stupid. And then, you know, you'd always sit there with your parents and then, you know, there was like a sex scene that comes on. You just like, yeah, I'm just going to the toilet, or, or you know, or you'll be sit there and start saying, so well, you know, what are we doing tomorrow? You know, and it was it was always it was always that uh, thing where, yeah, um, I mean, I could watch what what I wanted to watch, which I was very grateful for, and that's why I was like so up to date on films. You know, by the time it came to like the '90s, so yeah, so I mean. You know, I always said, yeah, I always said to my mom, like, well, I didn't turn out bad, did I? I didn't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't turn out to be this fucking killer or, or some crazy person. So yeah, so it, it didn't affect me. It in fact it made me more nor- knowledgeable about you know movies and you know and you know and what I love.
1: Yeah, well, movies don't make psychos
2: yeah there you go um, <laughs> it's just psychos make movies yeah
1: i was gonna ask about the transition from making uh music videos to features i mean, was it kind of seamless did it just wasn't one of those things where it's like it just makes sense because like when you watch the fried berry um short it like that is a music video i i could hear like heavy yeah. metal
2: over top yeah yeah i mean it's it's one of those things i mean you know you'll you'll get people in the industry that will go oh yeah he's a music video director and he can't do commercials or he can't do film because he's a so music video a director." Ball. yeah yeah and but the the thing is i didn't do a lot of music videos with uh, performance so i was always known for narrative story storytelling within within a music video mm. and it's like you know like when people make commercials or short films You've got a certain amount of time to get the story across, so there's no difference, you know, for me as a music narrative, um, music video maker, at the, uh, you know, at the time. So yeah, it's always it was an easy uh, transition, and and, it's, and it was always a bigger picture to to head into, um, you know, to, you know, to head into features. So when I did these music videos and did these short stories, it was always cool because it was always a story. It was always you know, um, you know, telling, you know, telling a story with, you know, within, you know, two, three, four, you know, four minutes for the song. So, you know, I hated directing, you know, performance because you're not really fucking directing performance. You just like, you know, the singer does what he does and you're capturing it and that's it. Yeah. So it's like, that was always like borrowing his hell for me. So it was, it, it was a cool way to, I mean, like when you're making short films, um, you've only got a certain amount of platforms to actually get out there. So the cool thing was make music videos, still do the short films within music videos, and then actually people are actually getting to watch it uh, on TV and stuff like that. So it was a, it was a very beneficial thing for me.
1: Makes total sense.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so of, it seems like, you know, with your, with the lineage of your career thus far, you've kind of dabbled in a lot of it. So both production, uh, writing, acting, directing. So yeah. do you have a favorite favorite piece? Uh like is directing your favorite out of all of it?
2: Well this is the thing. You know, people always say to me, you know, if you could choose, if you had to choose one, what would you choose? And I'm like, I don't have to choose. So I can do both. Yeah. So the you thing is act, like looking love, yeah. 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 So like I love doing my acting. I love it. I'm a character actor. So I love doing my acting and uh, also work a lot as an actor and and as a director. So I'm always flipping it in between uh, both of them. And you know, being an actor has made me a stronger director, and being a director has made me a stronger actor. So it's it, you know, it's both of them has helped yeah. me uh, so much. But the thing is with these two different careers is that I've got control of my directing career because I can create my own content and so on. But with acting, you know, you either you go to the audition and you either get it or you don't. So you have, as an actor, you have, you haven't really got a control of your career because you either you either hit the audition or you don't. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: Do um, do you ever act in things that you direct or that you write, or have you?
2: Uh, I I put myself in a small role in in Fry Barry. I was gonna do a. Uh, a slightly, uh, it's a small role, but it was going to be a slightly bigger role. And I was just like, no, I can't. Um, You know, my my head was just mashed with, you know, directing and getting everything right. And I was like, yeah, I I don't want to do it. I'm just going to do a small, a small thing. And I don't normally do that. Um, If, you know, if it was within music videos, it would be like something, like a cameo or some shit like that. But with this, um, because I knew where I wanted to take it and it's my first feature. And, you know, I also said, you know, to my DOP, I'm like, oh dude, you should do that character and you should, you should be in it as well. So it was like a fun process where I got my producer in there, I got my DP in there oh, cool. and, um, and they're like, Ryan, you've got to do it. you got to, you got to do a part. And I was like, ah, oh, I, I don't know. i like, I need to concentrate on stuff. And then, and then I decided to, to, to do this one little scene in, uh, at a bar. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it, it's cool. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's a, a nice little touch to it and also so great that I got some of my crew members in and, um, overall it was just like, you know, it was making, making movies with your friends. So it was awesome. Well,
0: th- I, I suspect this is going to be the, the first successful feature of many features for you. And, uh, you can, you can do the Hitchcock cameo in each one. That's that was his <laughs> thing, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> I, love
2: that yeah I mean, it's just when, when you're obviously, when you're making a film and you are directing, it's, just, you know, there's so much uh time and energy and, Things that you got to think of and stuff like that. So it's, you know, I didn't want to jeopardize, sure, uh, you know, my movie in any way. So and that's why it was just a small role. But it was a cool, it was a cool role and it was a very character uh, role. But yeah, I'm I'm also happy that that I did it. So did yeah. you draw off any
1: um, direct? Did you have any direct influences for Fred Berry? Like, it were you influenced by like '80s horror, the grime? in those movies or where did that come from? Yeah. Wait, so, I mean, for example, so that, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like pulling off New York city's like darker side, for example, because you kind of mentioned that a horror yeah. sort of reflecting that.
2: Yeah. So I think, you know, a, a, a lot of, when you watch Fry Barry, there's, there's so many, there's so many like eighties, like references in the movie, whether it's um, whether it's E.T. or Starman or, uh, Terminator or like seventies with the one flew over the cuckoo's nest. There's, there's so many, you know, you know, as like a fanboy watching, you know, that loves all, all these old movies. There's, there's so many references, uh, in the movie. And with the feel of, and the tone of stuff, you know, it's going back to like either like, you know, David Cronenberg or David Lynch or John Carpenter and, um, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's all it's all the people that I love and, and, and admire, and you know, and then there's my own you know touch of it. I mean, I, I think the three biggest references with uh, Fry Barry would have to be um, um, John Carpenter's uh, Starman, um, uh, Bad Boy Bobby, this uh, Australian nineties uh, movie. And uh what was the other one? Um yeah, and like ET. So ET, Starman, and what what was the other one I said? Bad boy bobby. Bad, bad boy, yeah, bobby. bad boy bobby, yeah. So I think it was a mashup of like three of those and then like you know, my style uh to it and just all mixed up and you know made a man.
1: That's awesome. What?
2: Is is it set in present day? Um or is the time sort of ambiguous? <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, we, we don't really mention it, but obviously the look of it and stuff like that, you know, I, you know, I wanted that like very 80s cult style film. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, going into the, in, into the making of this film, you know, I said to myself, you know, I want to make a cult style movie that you know, all these fanboys and all these people will, will love, you know, like when I was a kid, there's, you know, you get all those movies. And it's like, I was like, fuck, I want to make a movie like that. And they don't yeah. make movies like that anymore. So it was very important for me to, to, to make this cult style film and also stay on that line of, of making sure that it stays on that line of that. It's the right tone that, it, you know, it will be that cult style of film, And then hopefully, you know, it will be, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get that cult status, you know? So it was, it was very important for me, and even even with the character. So I think, you know, over the years, you know, people try and create like, you know, like a new bad guy or a new character, whether it's like Jason or Freddy or whatever, or like a monster or whatever. And they, you know, they they, they try so hard to, you know, whether the character's got a mask or is it a monster or he has his, you know, boiler suit or Freddy has his like stripy top or what, you know or whatever. Yeah. So for me, I wanted to make that iconic character, but also don't think about it too much in a sense, because I, I think that's where people go wrong. They were like, oh, "Okay, it's going to be like this monster, or it's going to have this, or it, you know, it's, they're going to have their like little suit that they wear or whatever." So for Fry Barry, you know, he's just in his denims. You know, Superman's got his cape, and then mm. Fry Barry's got his denim jacket and jeans. But it's more about his face, and he's such a, a character. You know, the, the way he looks. And I w- really wanted that character to come across, t- you know, to be this iconic character that loads of people will, will, uh, will love. And so far, yeah, people are, are just loving that character, which is great.
1: I can't wait to watch this. Um, and I know that our listeners will fucking love this, too, just based on your description. This comes out when? Uh,
2: May 7th, I think you said? May yeah, May 7th on, uh, on Shudder. So horror
1: seems like it's kind of on the uptick in South Africa. It seems like something that kind of lied dormant for a while. Um, I don't know if you feel that way as well, but it seems like everyone we talk to says like horror hasn't really been huge in South Africa, but do you think there's something fueling the resurgence or
2: well I, I think it's it's, it's all, you know it's always been one of those things you know, like worldwide where you know horrors are you know they're always a reliable film you know to sell because the audience is very. You know, is 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 very you know the, 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 they want to they want to see that content, which which is great. I think with South Africa over the years, I mean, we 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 don't make these type type of uh, films. So I I think over the past few years, I think um, I think horror is on a uprise in South Africa, but at the same time. You know, our our own industry here is very small. It's definitely grown and it's definitely getting bigger. But at the same time, you know, you can say it's on the on the the horrors on the uprise because maybe five films have got made with yeah, right. yeah. With, with, <laughs> with, with 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 horror. But, I feel like I mean, they're all recent. Yeah, I mean I mean there's a few you know there's a few fly, you know, flying around and I'm I'm so happy that you know people are starting to, you know, to look at that. But at the same time a lot of them aren't doing well here, you know, in a sense of, uh, you know, you make a movie, you you sell it overseas, you know what I mean? So, I mean, South Africa is quite, quite fucking conservative. And, uh, and at the same time, you see, the thing is with, with Fry Barry, it's not a straight horror film. If you look at the trail and look at the poster, it's, you know, it points, very horror, uh, and it has lots of horror elements. It has all those elements in there, but it's not just the horror. And that, and that's the cool thing of, about Fry Barry. There's, there's a whole, a lot of dark humor comedy in it. And, um, you know, there's the bits of sci-fi and it's just a weird offbeat movie. And, and there, yeah. And that's why I say it's, it, uh, I don't look at Fry Barry just being a hundred percent horror. And it's like, it's definitely the first of its kind to come out of South Africa without a doubt. And you'll you'll know that once you've watched it, and you'll you'll know what I mean without sounding like uh up my own ass saying it's the first uh, type of film because it, it it really is like when you see it, it's it's just way too risky. It's it's way too bold for 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 South Africa, and me and my producer, we you know we, we produced the movie ourselves. I did I didn't even bother asking people to invest in the movie because i know they wouldn't do it it's just it, it, it's just too uh it's too much sex too much drugs nudity and violence and shit like that it would just never like if, it like if i have to release this movie here which we're still busy looking into now it, it will be cut without it without a doubt it would be oh, yeah. a, sens- a censored version <laughs> without a doubt so that's interesting um
0: the production piece of it too um uh, but i to be honest with you, man. So we haven't seen the the entire film yet. Uh, yeah. For anyone that um, we're gonna, we'll make sure we publish this prior to releasing the episode. But you know, if you made it to this point and you've not seen it, um, check out. There's a three and a half minute trailer or so that sort of outlines uh, the story um, or alludes to it. But I, I I truly feel like the the concept of invasion or um, uh, possession is is not necessarily a new concept but i do feel like your demonstration of it and your storytelling of of how this film's going to be is very very original and y- y- you take a very you know old adage in in the horror industry which again is that invasion and possession and, and you put a new spin on it and i think it's really really cool and i'm you know, we're both so pumped to to check this out.
1: And I'm actually really excited because, as you said, it's not straight horror. It kind of, it's a throwback to the John Carpenter uh, films of the 80s, you know, where it's flirting with action yeah. and um, sci-fi and, as you said, com- dark comedy. So I'm really excited to check this out. It's something that's been missing, I think, in uh, the horror genre.
0: So, um, Ryan, would you mind, I guess, so since Fryberry is really what brought us together, can, can you give a quick synopsis of, of the film and sort of, of what to to expect without, you know, giving anything away that you can't get away at this point?
2: Yeah. So Fry um, Barry is basically about a heroin addict uh, that gets abducted by aliens and spat back out uh, to earth at, uh, on the streets of Cape Town. And, you know, the, it's almost like a, a road movie in a sense of, uh, you know, w- we go on this journey, uh, with Fry Barry, so instead of having a car, you know, it's uh, Barry's the car, and you know he's going through the streets of Cape Town. So yeah, it's it's a heroin addict of a bastard that gets abducted by aliens, spat back out, and it's yeah basically this alien tourist on holiday, and he yeah he it's his journey. It's more of a a trip of a journey, and that's why I say it's kind of kind of like a road movie, you know. Where he's just going from A to B, and then we're following his story, and we're going on these drug uh, drug trips with him, and it's yeah, it's really like the audience is going along uh, for the ride, and um, yeah, and 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 that's the thing. I always say the movie is more of a an experience. You know, the 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 narrative of the story. It's very simple. It's really easy. It's it's a movie that you can just sit and watch and go along. You know, for the for this journey, and it's also one of those type of films that you'll either absolutely love it or you'll hate it. (laughs) It's 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 one of those. But the great thing about it is, it's one of those films that you know, if you go into that movie and afterwards, you know, you're gonna talk about it, and and I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty cool. Because I mean, how how many films do we watch and don't tell anybody about because it's not worth a conversation? (laughs) I think that's part of the problem
0: uh right now to your point about over accessible media um and you know we talk about this all the time the idea of like when we were kids even the way we listened to music you know you you would wait for you know we have best buy over here in the states um that's where we always go get our cds right and you would wait for tuesday for the cd to come out and you'd save your 12 bucks you'd go buy it and like you're gonna be goddamned if you don't give it you know at least a couple weeks worth of listening because you (laughs) just spent twelve bucks on it right and now yeah, it's man. like you're on spotify and you're like no nah, i don't like it next no i don't like it next. yeah
2: yeah well that's the thing man it's just it's completely it's completely changed and like back then you know you know back then you could name all these movies you know you could name all the, this movie you know you knew all the names of the movies and now there's just so much content out there. You know, when somebody mentions, have you seen this movie? You're like, uh, I, fuck, I don't know. Send me the book. Send me the post. Prob- yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, there's just so much content out. And I think a lot gets lost. So, I mean, when w- when I went into making Fry Barry, there was so many things that I thought of before I made this movie. And it was, you know, like there's things with the cult style film, my like, iconic character, and like with, like with any film. So, I mean, you know, if I say to you, uh, Pulp Fiction, what scene do you remember out of Pulp Fiction?
1: My mind goes right to the dance scene. Mine too.
2: Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, so it's, it's one of those things where that's what you always remember. You know, a, a film, so, so for me with Fry Barry, I was like, right, I have to have those scenes in this movie that you remember that people will speak about. And you got to have those like stylistic scenes because in all the great movies, you know, you remember all these things. So I was I was looking at it in, in so many different angles, trying to make this film that, okay, I have to have this scene because it's going to stand out. I have to have the scene. I want people to talk about it. So, you know, when you look at it as, as a whole, there's all these things that, you know, that come into play and you, and for me, it's like every project that I've been doing over the past few years, is designed uh and I try my best that you want to watch it twice because how many films did we watch again also that you go yeah I won't watch that again <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah you, you know so I really you know I really try and design the film that you want to watch it again uh, and maybe you we'll like pick up 80, on more stuff the next the next run, you know?
0: The 80 to your point about the and it's probably because of the practical effects dynamic uh partly. Um, but the eighties particularly, they, they had those, like that scene that you're referring to, you know what I mean? Like the American werewolf in London scene, the the transformation scene. Yeah. Um, so I, I can, I can reflect on every of my favorites, you know, fright night and think of like the one scene that I always think of when I think of that film. Right. Um, so yeah, that's a really interesting concept and honestly that hasn't come up, you know, we're 34 episodes into doing this and that's not come up before. So that's really neat. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I just think yeah, I just think it's it's really important to to really because that that's where I think there's so many things that go wrong in films today, it, and that's the thing. It doesn't matter how much fucking budget you got, yeah. it can be the shitdest fucking movie ever if yeah. it's a hundred <laughs> m- million. You know, so it's about the story and characters and entertainment. We'll at the end what of
0: happened the day. with Waterworld, right? Yeah, big budget yeah. doesn't take you everywhere. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and that's the, you know that's the thing, and it's funny. Like you could look at a Marvel movie. Uh, I can't pick one at the top of my head, but one of the ones that didn't do well. But it's just like you know, so much money went into that. But they also would have made a shitload of money. Maybe not the same amount of money that it took to cost, but you know, if you make like a new Avengers movie now, it's guaranteed to make so much money just because it's an Avengers movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. So and Whereas, that's the thing. Like- and I just I just feel that so many movies get. Lost, and when I when I wanted to make Fry Barry, I was just like, no matter how you look at it, it's a B movie, you know. It's a B movie because it's not going on the cinema and it's independently made. So, how do you not lose that audience? How do you not lose the film and 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 just get lost in the, you know, on the internet and just end up in a blue, uh, you know, DVD cheap bin at a, at a music store, film store, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's all those elements that, you, you know, you, you got to, it, it's, it sounds so simple to, you know, to make a film that people remember it's it's, that should be every fucking film, yeah. you know, well, <laughs> it's, it's not. And, uh, and it's crazy. It's like when I thought to make this movie, You know, it's such an understatement when people say, you know, I'm going to make a movie. I've got to make it good. Obviously, it's got to be good. But it's such an understatement because it's got to be the best fucking thing that you've ever done. Well, what's the point of doing it? What's the point of even making it? It It has to be the best thing that you've ever done. And when I got the idea and while I was on set, I knew it was the best thing that I've ever done. And and I know it's not for everybody this film, but for me personally as a director and what I've done, I know it's the best thing that I've done, and and that's what means a lot to me because I know I pushed myself to you know to do to do this film and to do something different. You know, I could have made this film here made everybody have like american accents and you know and try sell it overseas more because i think oh maybe you know it's going to be a bigger audience but i also said you know no i need to make it 100 percent south african and that's also going to make it different and stand out you know
0: i also just the whole i i gravitate toward the independent uh films a, a little more at this stage in life too just yeah. because like look at the story of your interaction with this and you own it like you've worked your your ass off on getting this visible, right? And yeah, and without your, you know, you owned that end of the process too. Not only making the film, but like the entire integrity of the brand. And like you reached out to us last July, I think, right? Yeah. So like this, and and I'm certain we're not the only people that you reached out to. You know what I mean? So like, you've worked your ass off, and clearly it's yeah, di- I mean dividends, which is fantastic, man. It's great.
2: Yeah, and and that's the thing when when you're an independent film you know, since the, you know, the making of the film and, you know, to come into the release, I have constantly, without a doubt, every single day, and I'm literally speaking every single day, I've done something towards marketing and I've done something, you know, whether it's posting on Facebook pages or sending it to people or yeah. doing podcasts. And, uh, and that's the thing. It, it's really, just getting that word out, but I also knew the 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 audience and the, and the target market and the the product itself. In a sense, uh, it, I could create this really cool marketing because the character's so wacky. You know, we've made all this really cool marketing um, little short, you know, clips and stuff. Whether it's like a fake condom commercial or, or whatever, <laughs> you know. So we've we, we've done all these like little videos where it's either it's a Tampax ad, a condom commercial, safe sex with Fry Barry, or <laughs> uh, you know, uh, social distance, dins, distancing with Fry Barry. There's all these cool marketing stuff what we've done and. Um, you know, an only fans page for I Barry, and you know there's all these <laughs> there's, there's all these all these things. and that's and that's the thing. you can't you can't do that with every film. So the cool thing is with this film, there's like no rules. It's just a crazy wacky movie, and there's no rules. So I can literally the the marketing is absolutely fucking endless, which is which is amazing. There's so many things that I can that I can do with it. And I mean, and if you're making just like, a normal movie, let's say like a post-apocalyptic movie. And it's, you know, let's say uh, like the road or something like that. Um, you know, you can't go, you know, you, you, you know, you, you can only market that a certain way. You know what I mean? So y- you have to have, you know, the right film to be able to, you know, to go crazy uh, with the marketing. And then that also helps people and fans and to, to get people like, well, who the fuck is this character? Like who is <laughs> yeah. like Fry Barry and, why is he doing a condom commercial? And why is he doing a Tampax commercial? Or, and how is this well, guy going to learn a uh, safe sex? <laughs> speaking of that.
0: which, um, so Gary Green, he's the guy that plays Barry, right? Yeah, yeah. So he, that dude, by the way, I looked him up on IMDb. He was born in 1963, and he looks like he's, he's built like he's
2: like 38 years old. He's ripped. Yeah, dude, he's ripped. Yeah, um, he's, he's he's ripped he does a lot of trial uh run-ins and yeah he does a lot of uh long distance running and stuff yeah he's uh yeah he's completely ripped so
0: it seems like he's got some um history working as a stuntman and stuff too and it seems like this is a very like physical role a lot of like posture and body acting and stuff like that um so uh, yeah how, how'd you come in contact did you guys have a relationship prior or, or yeah yeah so, so
2: so gary so Gary's not a he's he's not a trained actor, okay? so he 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 did a lot a lot of extra work. You know, he was known as a, as an extra. He did a lot of extra work, did some featured work, did a little bit of stunt work. And I mean, I've used him as a extra, featured extra and like a lot of my music videos. and I met him on this one independent movie uh, years ago, like ten years ago, eleven years ago. And yeah, and then I just started putting him in him. putting him in my my stuff and i just i love characters so you know he's just got this very interesting face and um and that's what you know draw draw me to him and i think that's what like when he turns up as an extra on set you know you get you know you there's other directors that are just like me and they go oh let's you know let's get a shot of this guy because he looks he looks cool he's a a character (laughs) and um i mean even the people that watch fry barry they were like Oh, the prosthetics on that guy was amazing i'm like no no that's that's, that's, <laughs> that's <Gary>. his face <laughs> that, 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 that's his face that's what he looks like you know so yeah and he's just uh yeah he's a, he's, a, he's a cool character and he's you know he's offbeat he is a bit weird but in a good way and i, I probably know him more than most people uh, yeah I spend a lot of time with him and um yeah he's a cool he's a he's a cool guy and, uh, and you know when we when we made fry barry the one thing was, you know, I had a lot of scenes that were dialogue scenes that were scripted and stuff like that. And I was also open to a lot of improv on set and stuff like that. And to come up with ideas on the spot, uh, which I love doing. And I think that, you know, that made a lot of the magic for the movie, but the only guy that didn't improvise was Gary because he hasn't got that acting background and Mm -hmm. he didn't, uh, you know, he, he never went to acting school or anything like that. So for me, I was like, I had to be work very close with him and be super strict. Uh, but the interesting thing with that, because he was the only one that didn't improv, I had to, as I said, I had to work very close with him. But it was funny because his character as the alien Barry is that he mimics a lot of people, you know? And then when I'm directing him, you know, the camera will be next to me and you know, I would say to Gary, okay, copy my face. Now do this face. Okay. Now copy my face. Now do this face. Now That's do this cool. face. So he was copy. He, he was, so his character mimicking people and then he's mimicking literally in real life yeah. direction. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: And cause in my head, I'm, I'm, I'm editing, you know, the scene in my head, so I know what I need. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to cut to this guy and then I need this reaction from Gary and I need this reaction from Gary. And then when you watch the film, it's so funny because it looks like he's hitting all those comedy beats, you know what I mean, as as, as it's going. But Gary worked super hard. Uh, He was always willing to do another take. And, you know, at the beginning of the shoot, you know, I just, I said to him, you know, you know, don't feel intimidated all these other actors and all these very well-known actors in South Africa that's in the movie, and I said, you know, this is this is your spot. You're you're the main guy, and I said, just listen to me very carefully, and we'll do it. And I promise you, like people will fucking love you at the end of this movie. And um, and I said, you know, you're going to do great. You're going to do brilliant. You, you just uh, yeah. You just 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 work hard with me, and then we'll and then we'll get there. And he has. He's worked super hard, and I think he knew this was his this was his break as well, you know, um, because, you know, because from the extra background and even like some of the people that have seen the trailer, they're like, how the fuck did Gary Green get this role? You know, they've been like, how the hell did this extra become a lead in a movie, you know? And, uh, and it's that's a cool story though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really cool story. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I think Gary's like, he's like, ashamed of the, the extra work. And I was like, dude, don't be ashamed of it. That's your journey. You know, you, you, uh, you've literally come from the barn and rose to the top. And I'm like, you're a fucking lead. Like every single actor in this town obviously wants to be a lead in the movie and you're you know you're the lead you've got a great story don't you know you've yeah. got such a better story instead of somebody saying you know i went to acting school i did this and then i started uh, doing this i was like dude you were a fucking extra you were you've been on like a hundred sets you know being an extra and he, he was also known as this like annoying extra where he's just trying to outshine everybody in the background <laughs> and stuff like that you know there'll be a scene where Oh, God, there's just so many stories. There'll be a scene where, you know, it's like, you know, the camera's there and there's two people talking at a table. And then in the the far distance, in the background, you know, he's just meant to be, you know, doing the fish, you know, opening his mouth, pretending he's talking, you know, just sipping on a beer or whatever. And then Gary's (laughs) got his arms flowing everywhere and he's, you know, overreacting and stuff like that. And the people are like who the fuck is that in the background okay let's (laughs) bring it down I like swap him out swap him out and uh and there's just so many stories but the sad thing and the funny thing was with that is that you know he just wants to be seen he just wants to be noticed and I'm happy that you know I saw something in him that nobody else saw in him and he's got a look And, and you know and that's you know I've explained to Gary as many times it's like dude you've got this look and that's that's you know that's 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 uh, that's your thing you know he's nobody can you know no that's why i say saying like nobody could have done this part better than Barry uh, than Gary you know nobody wow. nobody could have done it better and that's, that's really i think cool. that's that's the important thing so how how did you get synced up
0: with shutter how did that process work um it's obviously very exciting and it's going to get enormous visibility for you and your film um so how how that how that happen
2: yeah well it 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 was the whole process, obviously, you know, finishing the movie, taking it to and sending it to uh, film festivals, you know, and then you get one big festival that comes on board uh, that will take the film, and then another festival sees that we're playing at, like, Fantasia, and then they go, cool, we, you know, we we want to take your film as well. And it was just that thing that was just, you know, jumping from festival to festival. But also when I went to the States, um, you know, I had meetings with sales agents and stuff like that. So we linked up with one sales agent and from the, you know, a a job as a sales agent, you know, they start, you know, uh, trying to distribute your movie in different territories and stuff like that. And yeah, and then we literally, um, we got an interest uh, from Shudder and they heard about it and stuff and they just absolutely... Loved it. And um, yeah, so it's, a, it's been a big, big thing. And, um, and now that they're, you know the release is coming on the 6th or 7th of May, it's, um, yeah, it's exciting. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy to think, you know, what's going to happen, where it's going to go. Uh, I mean, over the past year, you know, we played all these festivals. And at the beginning of last year, March, you know, we went to CineQuest in San Jose for the world premiere. And that was just before COVID hit. Yeah. So when it was like it was a week before lockdown in South Africa, so we we had to like you know get out of uh, get out of the states. And when this happened, I thought oh, I make my first film, and now this shit's and gonna happen. It's yeah. gonna it's gonna bury it's gonna bury my film. And the funny thing is, with that, it completely was the opposite. So when, you know, when you're looking at certain type of festivals, you're looking at, you know, maybe uh, 500, 600, 300 people, you know, in a cinema, you know, at a festival watching your watching your movie, mm-hmm. uh, you know, depending on how big the festival is. And because all these festivals were online, the I've cool thing about people. it... Yeah. Sorry, say it again? I said you probably had thousands of people watching it
0: rather than hundreds. Yeah, so like yeah. when
2: we when we took it to all these different festivals, we had 4,000 to 5,000 people at yeah. one festival watching this movie. And we're like, fucking hell, we, that couldn't have been, you know, better. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you want people to watch your movie, you want people to talk about it. So that created so, so much more people, you know, watching it from home, uh tweeting about it talking about it and it just it just blew up from from there so it was and that was you know we've done like you know over 20 festivals or something like that and or more and uh yeah and it just it it just really uh blew up so i'm actually grateful for uh for the way things uh turned out and maybe if that covid didn't happen maybe maybe this wouldn't have happened maybe i don't know
1: everything happens for a reason it seems like sometimes yeah. Are you,
0: yeah, so what's, are Are you guys going to have a physical media release too, a Blu-ray or anything like that?
2: Um, yeah, I can't, I, ca- I can't, I can't speak too much about it cause they haven't, okay. uh, released information, but, um, Way to go, John. I'm, I'm pretty sure with the target market and this and that. Then... Well,
0: you let me know where to send my 25 bucks because I, okay. <laughs> I, I'm buying one.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I also want one as well. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Awesome, man. That, that's exciting. So we can get into uh, some 80s horror films here uh, and and talk about the three that you selected. But before we do that, why don't you plug your stuff, man? Uh, Where can people find you? Uh, Any other upcoming projects? You know, what do you want the world to know? Um, And how can people get in contact with you?
2: Cool, man. So, yeah. So uh, on Facebook, uh, it's Ryan Kruger, uh, official page. uh, Instagram, uh, a Ryan Kruger thing. And Twitter, uh a ryan kruger thing as well and yeah and also got a uh, ryan kruger.tv uh, so you can check out the website and stuff on that and also frybarry.com. so i think if you type in fry Barry on any platforms or ryan kruger you'll end up finding uh all that information uh right now i'm finishing off a few experimental films that i want to get out there we're busy doing the festival run now as well is uh a six-minute experimental called hashtag meow2, uh, so that's busy uh, doing a festival run uh, two days ago, which is at the world premiere at Grimfest in Manchester in England. And yeah, I'm just working uh, trying to get the next feature uh, on the go and yeah, checking what's going to happen with that. Awesome.
0: Love it. Excellent, man.
2: Um, all right, you guys want to jump into some
0: films here? Let's do it. All right, so the first film we're going to talk about is... 1983, directed by John Carpenter. Uh, which movie is this, Ryan?
2: Uh, Christine. She is seductive. She is passionate. She is possessive. She is pure. Evil. She is Christine a 1958 Plymouth fury possessed by hell all right
0: so this uh this was honestly like everyone's dream right you got john carpenter and stephen king in the same place um i think all three of us are incredibly fond of this film but I, is the word on the street john carpenter and stephen king don't get along is that a real thing
2: yeah i think yeah i think i think it had th- yeah i think so i'm i'm sure i've heard that uh that story before, but we could be totally wrong. There. I don't know. I w-
0: I I hope it's not true, but I yeah. guess maybe it is.
2: Yeah, you always mm-hmm.
1: want to believe that, like your your like icons love each other. It's yeah, a ridiculous
0: along. thought. really. Yeah, it's yeah like, it really yeah. is. Yeah. No, you two have to fucking like each other because I like both yeah. of you. Right, like they all coexist <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. in your fairy tale. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, it, it's like uh, yeah, the Shining, you know. Yeah. Right. So both, yeah. yeah. So both of had both of them really, they had didn't you know didn't meet eye to eye you know
0: so a synopsis of christine for those that are joining for the first time um welcome and watch this movie if you've not seen it but it's about a nerdish boy who buys a strange car and it has an evil mind of its own and um it his his nature kind of starts to change to reflect the nature of the car so this movie yeah. starring uh, keith gordon John Stockwell, uh, Alexander Be- uh Alexander Paul. I I fucking love this man. And Harry Dean Stanton. He's a oh, yeah. legend. Yeah. Just the whole character of Artie, um you know his arc uh this being his first love, you know, being the car. It's it's so cool. But when did you first see this, Ryan?
2: Oh, I must have been I don't know. Uh, yeah, all I also know as, yeah, I watched it when I was a kid and I always really enjoyed it. And it was one of those films that I ended up not seeing for many, many years and then ended up watching it again, you know, like like 20 years ago. And I was just like, fuck, I absolutely yeah. love this film. And it's it's just like the music, the, the you know, the John Poppins music in it. And it, even, you know, even just uh, the, the soundtrack itself, you know, with, uh, you know, the way it opens and stuff like, that, you know, the way the movie opens. And uh, yeah, I think it's just uh, it's yeah, it's just one of those films. It's just a classic, you know. It's 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 the type of film that you go, they better not remake it because it's just so it's just so <laughs> good. And and uh, with John Stockwell and obviously uh, Keith Gordon was like you know so good in it. But you know the main character you know is the car, you know, and uh, it's just like the way they made it. And you know it, the one scene that I absolutely love. In the film is you know it's just that that scene when you know they break into the garage and they just mess his car up and you know then he stands there and he just watches and he's like you know he says like what does he he says show me oh he says go and then you know the the whole car starts to you know you know it starts fixing itself and uh just the pr- the process of you know how they made that and stuff like that it's just you know it's just uh
0: the idea awesome. that they,
2: they they had to actually take one of those cars and ruin one of those beautiful cars yeah i think they got yeah they got quite a few i think they it's, i think yeah i think they got quite a few of them just to you know to do all these things and do yeah. it in reverse and, and everything but uh yeah such a such a classic uh classic film.
1: yeah there's so many scenes in there that scene in particular is one that's so striking um and then another one of my favorite scenes is when uh the Jim Morrison look-alike, that bad guy there.
0: It's like John Travolta. Um, he, John yeah, Morrison. Yeah, he's, <laughs> and he's
1: uh, running down the road, and the car's on fire chasing him. Christine's on fire. Oh, God. I just love that yeah. scene. Fucking John Carpenter's score going in the background. I always yeah. forget
0: that the dude from Friday the 13th Part uh, 2 is in this. Ned. Yeah. Ned. Yeah. yeah. I I I love that guy.
1: And he's always just... He's just Ned, always. Just, like, smiling like a creep, giggling.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I um i'm a sucker for any i love 1950s culture american culture in general um but any movie that does a throwback to the 50s you know night of the creeps does the same deal um uh are, have you seen night of the creeps brian i'm sure you have uh, not yet no oh dude i that's man, a
1: that's a must
0: i can't i honestly can't wait for you to watch that um it's 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 a really good one so, but it, similarly, it starts off in the fifties uh, and then takes place in the eighties. It's an eighties film. Um, and uh, same, same sort of deal that kind of like open opening scene. You, you mentioned that Ryan, I I love the yeah, opening yeah. scene of Christine and um, it's just so impactful and it lets you, it dictates it early on. Like this is going to be a ride. Um, but yeah, yeah, the whole culture, you know, the, uh, the, the, high school. Oh sorry,
2: are you, you talking uh, yeah, sorry, are you talking about the eighties the film Night of the Creeps? Yep, the yeah. one with Tom Atkins. Oh it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. I thought it was talking about like a new film, but it's set in the eighties. No, no, no. Yeah, the the Night of the
0: Creeps uh from the eighties with uh Rusty from uh the vacation movies and uh <laughs> yeah. Tom Atkins, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, this this movie is just so it's so classic and wonderful. Is does this rank in your is this your favorite Carpenter film, would you say, Ryan?
2: Yeah. I mean, Carpenter's got so many great films in the 80s. But it's a hard it has to be, yeah. It has to, yeah. It definitely has to be. Yeah. I think it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say it's up there with uh, the thing, you know? Yeah. But then you I'd, also got Big Trouble, Little China, and you're like, uh, there's so many good ones.
0: There are so many really good ones. Really, so many.
1: Yeah. But
0: I definitely think the thing, I mean, The Thing, The Fog, Halloween. Yeah. It's just, it's hard. But I think The Thing's probably yeah. my favorite movie of all time.
2: But I think this is the thing with, you know, when they, I always find, I mean, it's, maybe it's just because of the the age that we are and stuff like that, but that's why that 80s look of films and feel, it's just so good. And, and that's why I think, you know, when they make modern horrors and stuff now, and they set it back in the 80s, it's just so much better. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just so, it's just so much better. It's, when they make a modern movie now and set it in the 80s, it's automatically just, is so much better than just doing it in modern day and you know well
0: first and foremost it instantly removes the cell phone which is like the yeah. number one thing it's like how do we get rid of this fucking thing it's like the yeah. the precipice for any horror film yeah. in modern yeah. days. Well, like-
2: but but that's why they you know years ago that's why they say oh, you know the cell phone killed you know killed the horror movies yeah. but then they switch that up with there's no fucking reception yeah. <laughs> you know just gotta happen in the mountains
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah 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 awesome
0: anything else on christine before we move to our next one
2: um no oh, yeah like i said it's just uh there's just you know there's so many it, there's just so many scenes in that movie it's great and all the you know characters i, I can't remember the, a lot of the characters names uh well, sorry actors names you know says so you know it's that um you know it's that you know the old guy that owns the uh the garage yeah uh, yeah. yeah. That, that guy, and then the the guy that sells him the car. And, you know, you get those two actors. They've been in so many movies. You know, you know the face. You've seen them in so many movies. And it's just like, yeah, it's such a...
0: Even that detail of, like, the guy that sells him the car wearing the back brace. It's like such a (sighs) non-essential aspect of the the storytelling. But, like, even that nuance, which clearly was written in the book, but even that nuance it just like it creates this uh, he's physically debilitated and like you continue just to kind of like feel debilitated through the film it's it's strange but like it there's so many layers of impact to your point of like things you feel and don't even realize you're feeling and things you you don't recognize but your brain is recognizing and it just it, it impacts the story in a way that you can't you don't even realize and it just it's it's incredible
2: yeah because i mean well that's the thing it's like it's almost like you know if it wasn't you know if it wasn't for that guy selling selling him the car you know it, it, you know he's got that you know it's almost like he knows he knows the evil behind it you know yeah yep he's like oh, i just gotta get this shit off my hands yeah.
1: let's get it out yeah yeah yeah
2: he dude, that guy's been so much, he, he was if you remember he was the, also the guy and uh it was in home alone he's the the guy that shovels the the snow he was also that dude
0: yeah yeah it's crazy um all right cool let's let's jump to uh our next one in uh 86 jamie you want to introduce this one
1: uh so i think we're going to the hitcher
2: heading west on the long lonely highway only his dreams for company until my mother told me never to do this before many miles, he'll wish he'd taken his mom's advice. When Jim Halsey let the hitcher into his car, he opened the doors of hell. What do you
1: want? I wanted
0: to stop me. All right, so this is directed by Robert Harmon, starring... Rutger Hauer which is quite a name Um, I love him love Rutger Hauer C. Thomas Howell, Jennifer Jason Leigh so Ryan I gotta young young
2: Jennifer Jason Leigh
0: so young
1: I almost didn't recognize her at first I'm
0: really glad that you picked this movie because this is the first time I've seen it
1: same yeah I've never seen
2: it oh really so uh, what what did you guys think because for me it's just it's, yeah, it's just the, the, the texture of like the film and the, you know, the grain and everything. And yeah, it's just such a great, great cast. And, and again, uh, music as well. It's
0: very well acted, but um, so i got a ton of thoughts on this, but I'll give a quick synopsis here. So this is about a young man who escapes um, basically a psychotic, murderous hitchhiker. Um, and then he's subsequently stalked by that hitchhiker Uh, And the guy keeps continuing to sort of like frame him, the kid for his crimes. Um, So it's definitely got that whole, like one of Hitchcock's, you know, major themes that you find frequently throughout his films are the case of the mistaken identity, right? Like, Hey, it's a misnomer. I'm being framed essentially, or I'm being misinterpreted as a a person I'm not. Um, And that's definitely a core theme. And you feel so unbalanced throughout the entire um unraveling this narrative because like you just feel so badly for this kid who's being completely terrorized by this one guy Um, yeah he's just
2: playing with him the whole the whole time he's literally he he could have killed him so many times so many times but he's he's just having fun he's just playing with him and he's always five steps ahead um
0: which is crazy but yeah i i really dug this film um to your point the way it was shot the graininess i really enjoyed i got a very kind of like town that dreaded sundown sort of um texas chainsaw uh in terms of like the the setting and the scene um and the feeling that you extracted just by like the palette of the film and how it looked and how it felt um which i thought was was interesting but i i really enjoyed this jamie what do you think of it man
1: yeah, I mean, for everything that you guys said, I totally agree. But, um, you know, I you can see where those road movies come from, like uh, three from hell, uh, you know, shit like that. That's it, just so influenced by that movie that we've we've never even seen and we're never really aware of. And it's kind of like listening to uh, an old band that new bands are influenced by and going like, oh, I see that now. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's kind of the vibe I got from it.
0: Yeah, think, like, Jeepers Creepers, Joyride, like, those wouldn't exist in the
2: way they did without this. Yeah, without this yeah, movie. 100%. Yeah, 100%. To- yeah, I totally agree with you.
1: And so I've always loved those movies, Joyride, all that shit. Um, And now it's like, oh, it, I, I want to buy this movie on Blu-ray now because it's kind of like... I instantly more, was yeah. looking,
2: <laughs> looking I, for I, it. I can't believe you guys only just watched it now. It's like, I would love to discover, like, a gem like that, like, now that I haven't seen, you know? Yeah, it would be it would be awesome. I mean, I I think it's even uh, if you remember right, Red. I think it's even w- one of Christopher Nolan's uh, favorite movies as well. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, mean... uh, I remember because um, I absolutely love this film, so I know there's quite a bit of stuff that I know about. But I remember uh, C. Thomas Howell was like. You know he was really like afraid of Rutger Hauer, offset and onset because he was just like its intensity was like it was like quite uh, hectic and um, yeah he was and because I mean see Thomas Hall he also did uh, I think before this it was it was E.T. he, he was uh, Elliot's well, Elliot's brother in E.T. as well.
0: Oh my God, he was. Yeah.
2: Uh, or it, it, sorry, it's not his brother. It was one. It was one of his friends. He was one of his brother brothers' friends.
0: That's a. Uh, I, I didn't I even make that connection. Yeah. So, do you guys have any uh, specific scenes that resonated for you? I've got one that comes to mind. Um, when when uh when um Ricker Howard's in the uh, interrogation room, and there's yeah. that yeah. through the through the glass, and he like mutters his name. And then Ugh. he just slowly, like, looks up directly at him through the one-way glass. Like, talk about a paralyzing, debilitating.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was just so. Good. It was like just like they've they they're just connected in so in so yeah. many ways. But Very yeah, it's awesome. such a such a great great scene because the, the you know the, he ends up playing the game with him. You know what I mean? So it doesn't it doesn't even matter that the police have got him or anything. You know, it's it's like it's between both of them and that's it it is not nobody else matters in the end
0: right and i do love like the police come at at him uh our main character so hard throughout this entire film and then once they they realize and like the very traumatic 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 scene happens that we won't reference to spoil anything but afterwards that they honestly are like yeah you know we fucked up we're sorry um (laughs) we get it you're you're probably upset and it's like god damn (laughs) Yeah, you're goddamn right. I'm upset, like you completely fucking ruined my
2: life. Yeah, but uh, but I even in, like looking at the the movie, I think it if I'm, it's either the director's first film or second film. I think I think it's his first film. And even you know when you look at that film, you know again it's it's a very easy story. It's a very simple story, really. But you can also see that it's very you know it's a very entertaining movie you can see like all the money went into the end of you know towards the end of the film when you go sure. the helicopters and the cops and the sure. and chasing sure, yeah. you know on the on the road and stuff but uh yeah it's just a great build-up you know
1: yeah for me that movie was just all about the two actors uh see thomas howell and Rutger Hauer because they both fucking kill it and Rutger Hauer is so he's such a powerhouse just by like you know his facial expressions and like that scene when uh uh, the main character spits on his face in the interrogation room. Yeah, dude. And then afterwards, sure. he's like, almost like playing with it and like smelling it and like, ugh, fuck. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> a really memorable scene for me because Record Howard just sells the shit out of it.
0: So yeah, this guy's not really made that many films. So no, he, he really hasn't. You're right, Ryan. It's uh, the Hitcher was his first uh, feature. Um,
2: okay, oh, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah.
0: The most, but he did
2: stuff after that. I think he
0: did those Jesse Stone movies with uh Mag, with uh, our with boy Thomas yeah. Tom Selleck in
1: it Magnum PI you're right yeah um yeah
0: <laughs> I used to watch this with my dad yeah uh when I was in college like I remember I'd come home on the weekends and we watched watch this that's that's cool yeah,
2: yeah for, I, I think I, I think for me uh, there's there's so many scenes you know there's the scene in the diner you know with the um oh, with the pennies you know with the co- with the coins on his eyes and but even 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 the um even the very first scene with Rutger Howe when he gets in the car. Um, it, it, it's... The way you feel in that scene is, you know, it's, it's very much like... Um, oh, shit, what was that other movie? Uh, is it Funny, Funny Games? It was the Final German games, yeah. and American. We're about so that with that film, you know, these people come around to the house and you're like, okay, just leave. Just get out of my house. And you just, <laughs> you just, you're, just, you're just so like, oh my God, just get, get out. Like, why won't these people leave? And when Ru- Rutger Howe is you know, he's not this talkative character. So he's just sitting there and the guy's asking him questions and he's just like, he doesn't tell him where he's going or anything. He's not really speaking. And it's just like, you know, like what the, he- why did, you know, if you were in that scenario, it's like, why the hell did I pick up this person? Now this person's not talking to me. He's not saying where he needs to go or anything. And it's just like, you've got this Nutter in your car. Like it's, and you know, it's that bit where he pushes him out of the car and then he just freaks out in the car. You know, he's he's so scared and he's so happy that he's like, yeah, fuck you. And he like throws him out of the car. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, you can tell he felt instant regret to pick him up. But then it's like, well, what do I do now? But even Uh, as
0: he's looking over his shoulder, I'm like, oh, he's going to crash into something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But he proverbially, I guess, does crash into something because the movie then comes down hard on him. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I always love that movie or that moment in movies when the uh, protagonist turns Yeah, like that moment when you feel like, oh, shit, because like you said, there's that buildup, even in funny games where like, you know, that these are bad people and you know that they have uh, terrible intentions, but yeah. it's like up until that moment, you know, they're acting nice and and there's always that moment when they turn, you know, you see it in their face or in their eyes or something they say. And it's always so fucking terrifying. And Recker Hower has that moment here where you're like, "Oh shit, fuck,
0: yeah." Well, this is a great pick, man. Thank you for introducing us to this movie. Um, we we both are huge fans of it now. And um,
1: were you was this on your radar before, John? Were you aware of the movie?
0: I always saw it um, like floating around, and I, I didn't realize it was horror. I thought it was more of like a you know like an eighties action something or other. Uh, so yeah. just my own blind ignorance. Yeah, so. Yeah. I'm really, really excited that this is now part of our life.
1: It was one that I've always wanted to see, but it goes back to what Ryan was talking about earlier, where like it wasn't streaming anywhere. So I was like, well, I don't really have access to this. How many movies
0: do you think were made that are just sitting they, somewhere I, uh, yeah, exactly. from the 80s, yeah. like unpublished? Ugh. It's actually devastating to think about.
2: Yeah, there must, yeah, there must be so many. But that's why I'm saying there's, there's so many films that as That's why, if you look at the youth now and the people that's going on, you know, I mean, most people are on Netflix. So you got to think about what's on Netflix. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not just talking about, you know, the horror crowd. I'm talking about the the rest of the world. Right. In a sense Mm -hmm. of like most people are on Netflix and they, they watch whatever's on Netflix. Yeah. If it's not on there, they don't know about it. Right. So the, the the new generation of people, they're probably not going to, know about so many, you know, so many films. that only you know, when they have those, I think on Netflix where you got the, the classics, where will maybe it'll show ET or, you know, other Spielberg films and stuff like that. But think about all these other films that they're just not gonna watch or Netflix just won't put on there, you know? So there must be so many films that's just people are not gonna know or see. Well, and then that's when it think- comes to searching for stuff, whether they're going on like, you know, Apple TV or Amazon, they won't even know what to search for because, they, you know what I mean? They're not getting properly introduced to stuff, you know?
1: Yeah. That's why like, thank Christ for like Screen Factory and Arrow Video and yeah. Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah. They're bringing these movies back from the dead, you know, like, there's shit that I bought that like I had never even heard of. And I was like, well, shit, this was made in 87. I'm going to love it. So. And
0: it's crazy. Cause I remember even, I'm so glad they picked up, he knows you're alone the Tom Hanks um, was like Tom Hanks first film and i remember watching that movie in college and for the past like 10 years i've been trying to remember i mean clearly i could have just gone imdb but i always had this like fond (laughs) memory of watching this film in college with my roommate and just like reflecting back on it and i was like oh i I gotta remember to look that up i gotta remember to look that up and i never did and then when i saw you know screen factory was doing a release of it i was like thank christ like i've been thinking about this movie for a decade yeah and they're they're doing this with it now it's going to get get it watched you know so yep i can't wait to buy it um, yeah,
2: I, yeah i just think because if you think about it, like when we were kids all the the reason why we knew so much about other films is because of the trailers before before the film you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah So and
2: now so the it's thing like, is now skip. you have to you have to go search for it if you want to find something out you know we were forced to watch those trailers before the movie, or you went to the cinema, you watched the trailers before the movie. So the majority of the time now, unless you go on the internet and search for it, or you watch a movie at the cinema, that's it. So you're not going to know about all these other, other movies, you know, like I, I think we got, it got forced on our necks when we rented videos and that was a big part of renting the video. Like, Oh, what, what else is coming out? You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I love like even, even old DVDs or VHSs now, that's still yeah. on there and you're like oh shit I forgot about yeah, this nostalgia day, yeah yeah yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah but uh, e- even the transition from uh video to dvd and if you remember there was there was a, there's still a hell of a lot of movies that didn't get the print on uh on dvd you know what I mean so there, there was there was many movies that I knew of for years that didn't come across to dvd to much later and there's still film like you said now with arrows some you know they're bringing stuff out that that maybe didn't get a DVD release like so, so long ago, you know? Yeah, I for love sure, it.
0: man. All right, let's hit our last film. I can introduce this one. Go um, for it. So this is another great pick by you, Ryan. So this is 1986 as well. This is directed by David Cronenberg, and it is The Fly. i think you're making a mistake i think you really want to talk to me sorry i have three other interviews to do before this party's over yeah but they're not working on something that'll change
1: the world as we know it they say they are yeah but they're lying there is a limit even to the imagination human teleportation molecular decimation breakdown and reformation is inherently purging
2: Where our greatest creations meet our deepest fears.
1: Something went wrong, Seth. When you went through, something went wrong. You are about
0: to go. So this movie starring Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis. Um,
1: Before we talk about it, do you want to get a snack, John?
0: Oh, uh, I texted Jamie. I was like, <laughs> I was like, you cannot eat even a Triscuit while watching this movie because it is so <laughs> it is so gross. Yeah. Yeah, um, but it's
2: it's also Je- Je- uh, Jeff Goldblum at his at his best, man. You know. Yeah, this oh, movie really is, is so
0: good. Yeah. Um, and he he is, he is this movie. Um, have you guys seen the original,
2: the, the one from the I have, long, a long time ago. Long time ago.
0: I watched it not all that long ago. because um, I really do love the creature feature films yeah. from the fifties and sixties. Yeah, classic. I studied those a lot in college, and I just um i love that like the original version of the thing too um i love that uh 58 version too uh but yeah this this movie is is great um so it's about a a brilliant and eccentric scientist who begins to kind of evolve into a a man fly after um one of his 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 experiments goes wrong Uh, so he's essentially trying to uh create a teleportation device right And he uh, teleports all right and he does it with a fly and then he sort of turns into one. Um, But, you know, Cronenberg, you know, very notorious for his practical effects does not, does not, uh, does not bail you on this one when it comes to that, the practical effects on this movie are incredible.
2: Yeah. I mean, even, uh, I mean, the, the guy that did the creature creature effects, uh, Chris Wallace, you know, he went on to, you know, do like enemy mine and gremlins and so yeah it, the the creature effects in this is uh yeah it's awesome so yeah.
1: amazing like at the end when he goes
2: full fly oh Oof. fuck yeah i mean cronenberg I think, you is... know what i think didn't, didn't they want to didn't they get nominated or win an oscar for the for the effects for this i it's actually good, I don't
1: know i'm gonna look that up right now uh but cronenberg is synonymous with body horror and this movie is pretty much why god damn
2: yeah Oof. um i mean how- when 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 he turns you know that to, 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 not even before he gets um any of the fly symptoms just more of the symptoms. you know the it's almost like the drug drug addict face you know all these like spots and his skin is just rough and he just looks like he needs a good scrub and a shower yeah know? yeah.
0: <laughs> oh and i love that scene too like when he's uh he and gina davis are at the market and they're They're at that little cafe, and he keeps putting the sugar in. Yeah.
1: Um, And he just won't shut the fuck up. Yeah,
0: and you can just tell, like, you're like, oh, something's going on here. Uh, I I love that.
1: Also, I feel like his character in Jurassic Park, uh, Dr. Malcolm, is
2: just, like, it is this guy. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. It was just the the most sane version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, if he hadn't turned into a fly and went to uh, a tropical island full of dinosaurs instead
2: yeah or or he turned into the fly and then turned back human and it became sensible
0: (laughs) (laughs) academy award for best makeup and hairstyling there you go awesome wow yeah um yeah we we mentioned Cronenberg on our we did a canadian horror film uh themed episode um and just all of his stuff you know is is really top tier um just in terms of storytelling as well as practical effects because you know oftentimes those two things aren't synonymous um and story will get lost because you know to your point that you had referenced earlier Ryan like you've got um hey i you know i'm going to really focus on this one thing and sometimes that takes your eye off the ball um so being cognizant of that as you had mentioned in 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 your production of friedberry um i feel like cronenberg you know same deal like just the story here is is flawless. It's very linear. Um, it's 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 just it's really well plotted out, and it's just it's such a impactful
2: film. I I really do enjoy this movie a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah I I great, also oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: No, no, Uncle. I was just saying, yeah, great cast. Like, and Gina, you know, even back then, like you know, Gina Davis doing uh beetlejuice and stuff like that it was like it was such a good cast, you know, and it was also an odd cast for even for Jeff Goldblum at the time. you know what I mean
1: great. I was gonna say I loved uh the character arc for David Getz. um yeah because yeah, yeah. he starts off kind of as the creep from uh don't tell mom the babysitter's dead He kind of <laughs> has that exact he's a, that exact character for a while um and then obviously we we know what happens in the end, but even having in what seems like an ancillary character like that kind of transform into sort of the film's hero there uh at the end it's fucking it's just amazing it's a great movie
0: yeah everybody has an arc yeah yep and that's pretty rare to have everyone e- exactly have an
1: arc. normally yeah. it's like the main two you know yeah Yeah, yeah. for sure
2: but even is- uh cardenberg did a little cameo as well
1: yeah he loves doing his little cameos yeah he did
2: the. uh he was the uh you know, one of the doctors when she I think she was having that like bad bad dream.
1: Yeah, the dream sequence. Yep.
2: Yeah, with the big the big woman. the larvae
1: when she gives birth to larva. Ugh.
0: Get a snack, watch that. <laughs> you won't be mad.
1: <laughs> so many disgusting scenes. The baboon being turned inside out. Oh Ugh.
2: yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I was just like, oh, that was so uh, that was uh so gross. Yeah. With the uh with the with the baboon. And then um and then talking about those scenes that you uh, remember uh, one of the scenes um i actually have a funny story about uh, about this film as well which I'll, I'll tell you now that i always remember but uh, but even like you know going back to you know looking at uh, different movies and scenes that you remember even the even the uh, the arm wrestle you know in the bar when he when he, he arm wrestling <laughs> yeah. the guy and the yeah. bone snaps out i mean i always like remembered, uh that as a kid but uh, for me also uh, this, is quite, this is quite funny. So I love this film when I was a kid. I grew up on. I've seen it like so many so many times. But the one thing uh, when I was a kid watching this film, I remember that um, when I was watching it, I, rem- I remember, um, you know, so when he starts like falling apart, you know, when, he's, when yeah. he starts like falling apart, um, there's a scene where, you know, he's in the, the bathroom and there's that uh, little mirror cabinet and he's got all these jars and I remember, my, I remember my brother saying to me, and this like really scared the shit out of me. I remember my brother saying, "Yeah, his dick's in the jar, <laughs> in the cabinet." And I'm like, "What? His dick fell off?" And he's like, "Yeah, his dick fell off. It's in the jar." And I'm like, "What the fuck?" Was your brother off? older? Your brother's older than you. Yeah, your yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so that that like haunted me. I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe his dick fell off in the fucking jar." <laughs> so that like that that like uh, uh not. Not not scarred me. I just always remember, like, I can't believe his dick fell off, man. That's like insane. (laughs) Oh man.
0: Oh. John,
1: do you have like a most memorable scene or most disgusting?
0: I mean, the end when he's like perched up there and he just looks like hamburger meat, you know? (laughs) I mean, yeah, just like
1: the end is so repulsive.
0: And it it does like the movie is almost like water that's simmering and then it starts to boil and starts to boil and like you can just feel the mounting tension and like they layer in the the um the you know the abortion clinic you know aspect of it too and it just like really you start to get more and more unsettled as it goes and then like the pinnacle which is the end um you know it's really impactful so i'd I'd say the end scene is is really
2: really great but uh, yeah even at the you know at, at the end as well i mean it's so you know he jeff golden character, you know he knows what he's done he knows what he's gone through he, he knows what he's asked of uh gina davis's character and stuff and it, you know it's it's like that last time they used the pod you know and it's like you know he disappears and then the the door opens and it's like that and he just like fucking falls out you know <laughs> yeah. and he's just yeah. on this floor and he's just like crawling and you know there's a bit of gore here and there and then it's just like you know she's holding that shotgun and he's just and he's just like you know you got to you got to finish me off you know
1: yep so tragic it is yep
0: all right well dude Ryan thank you so much for joining us man i know um we we it's been a long time coming to connect so we appreciate you taking your time man and 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 getting back with us and 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 being willing to come on the podcast we're humbled we're so excited about friedberry we yeah, know we that, can't wait yeah a lot of our listeners are going to enjoy it as well and based off your references like just we 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 cannot wait
1: and the best of luck to you man and uh we like i mentioned earlier i know that your career is on an upward trajectory and we can't wait to see uh kind of how it unfolds
2: cool guys well thank you so so much for having me on the show i really appreciate it and uh yeah thanks so much for all the uh, the kind words and everything and yeah i can't wait for you guys to uh to check it out and you guys must let me know uh, what do you think once you've uh, once you've watched it?